some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. No way in the hallway. Welcome back to the Spook House, everybody. I'm excited to have uh, my buddy Josh here yet again. Josh from Lunch Meet, say what's up, bud. What's up, buds? <laughs> Happy to be back in the Spook Shed. Yeah, that's Ooh. for sure. You're going to hit me with the baseball voice, the baseball announcer voice? I kind of just do it sometimes, you know? Hey, well, if you uh, if you get the inclination, just let it rip. Oh, I will. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate <laughs> the carte blanche there. Yeah, well, hey, thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a while uh, at the time of this recording. It's been literally two months since I released an episode. But, you know, things happen. You get busy doing stuff. And sometimes, you know, the weeks just fly by. I know that's right, brother. Ain't that the truth? No, but um, yeah, excited to be here with Josh. We are going to talk about house of a thousand corpses now you brought up a good question earlier you were like is this house of a thousand one thousand what what was the other house of thousand house of (laughs) which just sounds goofy house of thousand corpses but as you said everyone i've ever heard speak this aloud says house of a thousand corpses yes yeah and i couldn't really find anything online and a kind of kind of a cursory look Mm-hmm. of an announcer or any kind of voiceover saying the name of the film or i, I should probably just look up a rob zombie saying it or something but i, I always, house of a thousand corpses house of a thousand corpses <laughs> uh, i mean it's i feel like that's how everybody says it right it's not being released it's being unleashed exactly i wish they would have had a voiceover so we could have known <laughs> right yeah but I, I really do think it's just house of a thousand corpses or it's been appropriated through the nomenclature of of everybody you know saying it like that we're gonna roll with a thousand yeah i think it's a i think it's a safe roll yeah okay so josh when was you know what before we get into the movie why don't you tell everybody uh what lunch meat is up to what you know what do you got going on well, uh, we got a brand new issue of the magazine coming out and very soon um, I'm actually uh, working with my co-editor and we are really close on getting everything done. New 64 page magazine coming real soon. That's a lot of pages. It's cool. And it's packed full of content, uh, you know, total VHS obsession. So I'm really, really excited to share that and got uh, House of the Devil reissue. working with mpi and gorgon video bringing that back and a limited edition of 50 copies um you know it was one of the first fresh vhs to ever come out that i remember so it's really cool to be able to work with that and bring that back to tape again because i think it's a really good fit um when you say first fresh vhs what do you mean so like one like when they started producing new vhs tapes this was one of the first ones that i remember so happening um, was seeing them do that and i think it was a promotional thing at first 
I remember buying my copy off of Amazon and you bought it as a double pack um, with a DVD and and the VHS tape. So that's how I got mine. Okay. And was that put out by the director or? It's MPI. Yeah. Who, Ooh, who okay. did a, a Gorgon video as well. Very cool. Yeah. So it's kind of a co-brand and Lunchmeat will be doing that very soon in a couple of weeks. Look out for uh, that going up for uh, for order. Very cool. And um, you got a you got a little podcast coming out soon. I heard little little bird. VH sure do. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on a little uh, little VH side project here. Actually, Lunchmeat's never had an official podcast, so I'm going to be working it out. And uh, Phil here has been co-producing on it, so we're very excited to share. It's a fun one, you know. Uh, VH snacking with the classics, kind of just uh, reaching back to not so much obscure stuff, but stuff that just really just is nestled in your brain from the video era. Stuff so. you just grew up with. Exactly. Yeah. We the, the feel good stuff. Yeah, yeah. We recorded an episode on heavyweights mm. last week. Mm. It so, was delicious. Oh yeah. I, I want to start quoting Tony right now, but I'm not gonna, but <laughs> so this episode will be out on, uh, you know, when you're listening to it. So mm-hmm. VH snacking with the classics will be coming Coming soon. Coming VH soon. Coming VH soon. Can't get enough of it. To a podcast player near you. Indeed. And what movie are we going to do next? For VH Snacking with the Classics? Yeah. I was thinking Little Monsters. Is that the uh, Howie Mandel movie? It indeed is. Hmm. (laughs) I've never seen it. I remember the cover art and being like... That's surprising to me because it's such a, a stone cold classic, you know, but I mean... Again, it was like a perfect fit for me. And, you know, some people just, you know, sometimes you don't see stuff, but it's it's a wonderful film. I'm really excited for you to, to get to get a look at it. Yeah. Is there a movie that slipped through your childhood fingers that you're like, oh, damn it. I wish I had seen that back in the day because I bet I would have liked it. Mine is uh, Monster Squad. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Monster Squad before. I don't know. I watched a lot of stuff growing up that was very influential. I would have to say I didn't watch flight of the navigator as much as everybody else and it didn't really never stick, seen it. stick with me as I, th- I think the last starfighter stuck with me more um but interestingly enough i could be working with something that has an association with that film so okay uh, yeah watching it recently it's, it's a cool movie for sure really fun cool cool it's more of an explorer's person as well that's a great movie i missed out on the goonies too dang man yeah dang man <laughs> dang man come on cuz yeah i don't know i just missed out on it it's still there though for you too yeah so yeah i know well josh what is your what is your history with house of thousand corpses you said thousand, not a thousand. <laughs> don't let's not shy away from it house of a uh, thousand island dressing so what this came out in like 2002 2003 and we will talk about a bit of a discrepancy that we saw on the vhs tape right in a minute but i um i was 18 in 2003 when this movie came out and texas chainsaw massacre was my favorite movie so when i first watched this movie i was absolutely thrilled with it i remember liking it a lot i thought it was really awesome i love white zombie mm-hmm. what rob zombie was doing so um uh, I was trying to remember if I did see it in the theater and I feel like I did, but you know, I a, did, it was a little yeah. while ago, so I can't really remember too clearly, but yeah, I definitely remember loving it, you know, watching it. And when I'm in my teens, late teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was 15 when this came out mm-hmm. and I saw it in theaters and I do remember I heard about this movie forever Yeah, because 
we're both fans of uh, most of Rob Zombie's material, sure. I would say. White yeah. Zombie fans as well. But yeah. always heard about this movie since like 2000. Like, mm-hmm. there's this movie, House of a Thousand Corpses, and I would read interviews with Rob Zombie and he would be talking about it. And it's like, let's see this damn movie. Yeah. And it took like three years to finally watch it. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy that it took that. I mean, it's not that crazy. I mean, sometimes movies get shelved for various reasons, but yeah, it did take uh, three years. Yeah. So this movie kind of came about because Universal Studios approached Rob Zombie. And you know how they have like Universal Horror Nights and all that, and they have uh-huh. all the mazes. So they were like, we want you to design a maze for us. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be just like the world of Rob Zombie. And he was like, okay. And he did that. And he threw out the idea of a maze called house of a thousand corpses and kind of made it up on the fly. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, that sounds like a good movie. You want to turn it into a movie? And he's like, sure. So they gave him a bunch of movie. Um, they gave him a bunch of money movie and money. let him you let him use uh, the universal backlots. So, mm-hmm. but universal passed on it. They said that this would have an NC 17 rating if they released it and they just didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So <clears throat> he kind of shopped it around for a couple years and MGM picked it up. But then Rob Zombie said some stuff in an interview that they didn't like. So they dropped it. And then finally Lionsgate picked it up in 2003. So yeah. quite the journey. Yeah. I think Lionsgate is a good home for it too. Yeah. It was, it was like the right, I think it was the right place. Yeah. Same here. Um, yeah, the VHS box, we, uh, noticed some weirdness there because it has a 2002 copyright on it. It didn't come out until April 11th, 2003 and it was filmed in 2000. So well, that would suggest that it came out on tape before. So, I mean, I feel like I had it on tape, you know, in 2002, maybe that's how I saw it. But yeah, I'm looking at the, the copyright here. It says 2002 house of a thousand corpses, LLC or at work 2002. Hmm. So, yeah. It's kind of weird, man. Pretty groovy fact there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody has the answer for us. Um, so yeah, your first thoughts on the movie as a as a young man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you like metal, you like horror movies. I feel like, you know, this movie's kind of uh tailor-made for for people like us that grew up listening to White Zombie and all that. I was all about it. I mean, this movie had had all the right moves for that kind of thing, you know, because of the fandom and the appreciation for the aesthetics and the music and all this kind of thing. And even as I watched it in 2002, 2003, I mean, you could tell it was, you know, kind of a pastiche and a, and a nod. There's a million nods in this movie. And as horror yeah. fans, you see it, you know, and it, it just felt like that it was fun, you know, and it was, it is just a good, good time. Yeah, and this movie came out at an interesting time because this is the tail end of uh, the teen slasher, Mm -hmm. you know, I Know What You Did Last Summers and all that. Right. But right before the remake explosion really happened. Yeah, because I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake came out in 2003 as well. Yeah, like it came out in the summer of of 2003, I believe. So that wouldn't come out until a few months later. But yeah, this movie was like, it was a, a breath of fresh air at the time. You know, I'm, I'm glad that this movie exists. It's, Me too. I mean, it's pretty extreme, you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking back at it and it, it's pretty brutal and you know, it's, it's got 
zombies signature aesthetic all over it which you know would it's essentially a white zombie music video because that's what zombie was doing i mean like before yeah. he did this film he was he was making all of those music videos he was directing all those music videos so that flavor is definitely just inherent in in this progression for him you know yeah and i mean that's not a, a knock on it um oh yeah. certainly not i love those videos and oh same yeah. here yeah did you ever see white zombie no i never <sighs> did I wish I could have seen that legendary Pantera white zombie tour in the mid nineties. Shout out to Greg Alexander who, who uh, totally saw that tour. Totally saw that tour. Yeah. Every time he would mention it when we were drinking beers, I used to play in bands with him and stuff. And okay. Yeah. yeah, I would be like, ah, bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's a little older than us. So, I mean, it was, it was prime time for him to be going to concerts and stuff. Yeah. So did you ever see white zombie? Never did. Rob zombie? Nope. Oh man. Nope. My first concert, 11 years old, OzFest 99. Mm-hmm. He played before Black Sabbath. Amazing. And let me tell you, that was a fucking show. Was that Dragula era? Yeah. This yeah. was right after Hellbilly Deluxe came out. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, all the just the imagery and all the stage production was like peak Rob Zombie. But, yeah, man, that was, uh, to my 11-year-old little brain, I was like, whoa. This yeah dude I mean, awesome. it's a total mind melter i mean i remember walking into fye at the cumberland mall and buying that cd and being absolutely ecstatic about it still a good Cause, cd yeah because i saw the dragula video on mtv and when they still played music videos you know the days yeah yeah and i went right to the mall that weekend i was like mom i need 20 bucks to buy this cd <laughs> so yeah do you remember the uh, the Walmart version, like the censored version? They I do didn't remember ha- the censored version. They didn't have yeah. the uh, the pentagram on the front of the album. Mm, yeah, okay. That and was if I recall correctly, some of the album artwork was even like tweaked a little bit, I think. I'm sure. Because I think I had both copies for some reason. But well, you know, you're a collector. Yeah, I don't know. Ish. <laughs> I collect things. <laughs> My CD booklet was like pretty on point back pretty in stack, the day. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that it was perfecto. I had like the giant binder. Oh yeah. You know, I would yeah. just stick like the album booklet and the CD behind it. Yeah. So I, I would just have like 130 CDs up in there. Dang. Carry man. it around like a suitcase. That's a lot. That's a lot. Or I don't know. Maybe that number might be <laughs> too high. I don't know. But yeah, man. Um, a little side note. I think I told you this. I saw every band at Ozfest that day. Uh-huh. Like even the, like the no name whatever bullshit acts on the second stage, uh-huh. but there was only one band that I missed that yeah. day. Slipknot. Slipknot happened to be playing first on the second stage that day. If you've ever been to Ozfest, they start playing at like nine o'clock or some shit. Yeah, you in know? the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Ozfest starts early. Mm-hmm. There's just like shitty dudes getting hammered in the parking lot at like seven a.m. Gotta love it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I miss Slipknot. I remember walking around the grounds of the venue. Well, not venue, like the pavilion. And uh-huh. I could hear them playing over the hill. But I was just like 11 years old and enamored with like, whoa, Rob Zombie's going to be playing here later. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's playing over there. Whatever. It's probably nobody. But then Slipknot, you know, their first al- album came out like a few months later and exploded they were like my favorite band so regrets i have them (laughs) you know you were so close dude 
So close. But I saw him in 2001. Made well, up. Oh, and it. that's redemption, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, Josh, uh, do you just want to go ahead and kind of kick off this movie? We'll go ahead and jump into it, break it down, and all its uh, music video-ish glory. Absolutely. I'm ready. What's your favorite Rob Zombie video? Favorite Rob Zombie video? I mean, more human than human is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just it just sticks in your brain. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was really influential. Oh, I mean, Dragula is really cool too, just because of all the production on it and stuff. Yeah. Thunder Kiss 65 is pretty cool too. Yeah. It's just like jamming out in a desert. Yeah. I mean, for a low, if you're talking low budget, like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. More human than human. I, oh my God. I remember like just watching that video as a kid, waiting for it to come on MTV2 Buzz Cuts. Remember yeah. that shit? Yeah, I mean, that was a hype video when that came on, you know, because they, they, they played so many of the videos over and over again, you know, and you would yeah. see it, and then you would have something like that come on, you're like, yes, yes, turn yeah. it up. Yeah, exactly. And you would hear that that opening, you know, not, I guess it's a riff, but it's like that opening, like, sound riff. Yeah, but they never played, like, the sex sound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to watch. you? What's your favorite one? Now that you say it, I got to say probably more human than human i should go back and like rewatch all of them because yeah. there's there's a lot that i kind of forgot and you totally see even when you just look at wet zombie as a group you can see their progression of aesthetic and how they didn't they were kind of i don't want to say goofy but like kind of mishmashy like in the beginning you know like kind of rock and roll and and, and rockabilly and, and yeah. metal and then they kind of carved out their own thing and they became like their own thing yeah and, i mean uh, astro creep 2000 is just Pinnacle. Still, yeah. super solid album. Mm-hmm. But apparently a super dysfunctional time for the band. I mean, yeah, yeah. whatever. Then Rob Zombie would come out three years later, 1998. All right, Josh. House of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses dropped April 11th, 2003. Had a budget of $7 million, made 16.8. And we start out with... Um, some black and white commercials with Dr. Wolfenstein. I love I love all this shit. Like the oh, I mean uh, you got to love the horror host feel. Yeah, like the old school TV marathon feel. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. I will be with you until the end. <laughs> I think I read that Zombie was supposed to play that character maybe. Yeah, he was going to, but then I, I want to say that like Somebody that worked on the movie um, ended up playing Dr. Wolfenstein. But the guy swinging the hammer in the commercial is Rob Zombie. Mm, so he yeah. makes a quick cameo. Yeah. But yeah, then it cuts to uh, Captain Spaulding's commercial. I mean, great, great intro here to Mr. Sid Haig, RIP, Captain uh, Spaulding. He nails this this character so much, and he's yeah. so much fun. He's such a highlight of this movie to me. He is. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you, you you talk about how it's switching back and forth, you know, and I think um, that's one of the things I love about this movie is how it incorporates those things so, like, fluidly, you know, because it goes back from, like, it feels like an old 16 millimeter, a black and white, and then it has some, like, really grainy video footage at times. And they really he really does it really well, you know, and that's part of the directorial, like um, – talent that i think he shows in this film yeah um yeah there's a lot of just random non sequiturs of 
just very music video style. Exactly. The black yeah. and white grainy stuff. And every time I rewatch this movie, like I bet there's probably nobody out there that can tell you like every frame that's about to happen because there's just so many bizarre cuts, like a flash of some random thing. It mm-hmm. kind of assaults your senses at times. Yeah, and it's very enjoyable. Like it, it yeah. really sets the it, it gives it this kind of maniacal kind of tone, you know, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's a good um this is like a good well, first of all, a good Halloween watch because it takes place on Halloween. Yeah, you know, I was going to say that. I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, uh you see people celebrating films on Halloween all the time and yeah. I don't really see that many people like bring this up like, "Hey, what's up?" like great Halloween flick, but it is completely yeah. based on Halloween, like I, on the Halloween holiday. Yep. I watched it this past Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie to It's such a bizarre film that if you're feeling a little loose, you know, on whatever vice you prefer, it's a good movie to throw on. Maybe you got a beer in your hand or smoking a bowl, whatever you do. Probably should, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just enhances it, I guess. And I think if you're going to make a, a marathon out of it, let's say you have four or five films, I think this is a good slice in between, you know what I mean? To like kind of a buffer between some other more quote unquote classic Halloween films, you know, because mm-hmm. it gives you so many different horror flavors inside of this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, well said. So we see uh, Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mad Men. I want to be there. Yeah. So I got to say, man, like the the set dressing and production design is just so I love everything about this. It is so meticulously detailed and gorgeous, photographed really well. All of the lighting is, is fantastic um, throughout the whole film, except for the end which we'll get at later oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but i mean the i mean the first 48 minutes of this movie yeah i'm glad you said that are just soaked with with aesthetic excellence you know Mm -hmm. so yeah one thing about rob zombie like even going back to i mean you remember like when you bought the cd like just the album booklet was so everything was hand-drawn and super detailed and Mm -hmm. i appreciate that kind of stuff because I mean, Zombie's such a, uh, a multi-talented artist. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it sometimes doesn't even register or occur to me that he's illustrating all of that stuff inside of there too. You know, yeah. like that's, that's as far as I can tell from credits and stuff, that's his illustrations inside of Astro Creep and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff is definitely him. Yeah. That's crazy. And we see Captain Spaulding talking to his buddy Stucky. This is probably the most did not age well scene. Really? How yeah. come? He's dropping the R bomb, you know, and <laughs> oh. <laughs> like five times in a row. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it just feels a little icky. But I mean, like, come on, they are really like grody, nasty dudes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And apparently this was 1977. So. Uh, it's 1970, right? Yeah. Or 77. It's set in 70s. 70s. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. You bust that crap, I'm going to bust your ass. God, the exchange is so good. Yeah. So uh, two two masked men bust into the door. They're here to rob the joint. Yeah, I like this. all this here, you know. Yeah. Captain Spaulding, take your mama home some fried chicken. Don't yeah. want to have to stuff my boot all <laughs> up in your ass. He, I love how 
fearless he is like my spalding is like ready to die like he yeah. just he's like doesn't want them <laughs> he doesn't want them in there he's like uh he's just yeah yeah as soon as they show up there's no like startled reaction he's just like mary fucking moses y'all get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he's just ready he's just wants them out of there and it's great and um these guys are very bumbling obviously just yeah kind of two dummies trying to make a quick buck like why would you rob i guess it is a gas station so yeah i feel like he should have like a vhs section in there well i uh, feel like you know i'm completely (laughs) down with that sure yeah look around son would i be surprised (laughs) so i like the build up here you know you got the the guy with the gun talking shit the spawning and i like the music Mm -hmm. just the the do 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 you know yeah just good build up He's like, I'm going to count to 10. It's like, fuck your mama. Fuck your sister. <laughs> fuck your grandma. And eventually the guy with the the giant mask busts through the door with an axe and kills one of them. Spalding shoots the other. Apparently there was a quick deleted scene of Spalding pressing a panic button and then the guy showing up. You yeah, I read that too. Yeah. yeah, you don't need that. No. Yeah. My favorite part when he shoots the dude is how he, he takes the barrel and sniffs it. Yeah, that's a nice little touch. Man, it's such a nice touch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Most of all, fuck you. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> like When you shoot somebody in the face, it's like, I don't think anybody could live to tell the story, but are you really going to see those three flashes? You know oh, mean? sure. <laughs> I think, yeah. it, you know, it's funny. Well, but. for the audience, it's effective, I guess. Sure. And, yeah, and it's it adds a little brutality to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we get the gritty black and white montage credits. I like all this stuff. Flows very well. The song House of a Thousand Corpses plays, and, yeah. Now, Zombie filmed a lot of this stuff with his 9mm camera on the weekends when friends Mm -hmm. would come over, and they would just go down to his basement and shoot a lot of this stuff. And I like all the the autopsy type of footage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very white zombie-ish, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got the footage of uh, Sherry Moon's character, Baby, like, um, uh, with the net, like, rolling around with a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And I also, oh, like, they did have to tone it down so much that I didn't really think about it as necrophilia. I thought about it as just, like, her rolling around with a corpse. But apparently they had to tone that down a lot because there was a lot more to it of her showing that she has necrophilia, like her necrophilia yeah. tendencies. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. yeah i mean when you look at it now it's all pretty cut up and so it doesn't really give that vibe as much but i think that was the intention with those scenes yeah to show that so we meet uh chris hardwick and rain wilson what a combo and the two ladies in the back did you ever watch singled out yeah dude late 90s well mid to late 90s mtv late night programming was so good yeah, it was it was pretty wild at yeah. times. I mean, you'd have like singled out Beavis and Butthead. Remember that cartoon? What was it called? The Head. The Head was awesome. <laughs> AM Flux was also good. All the liquid television stuff. Yeah, man. <clears throat> and uh, Rain Wilson, of course, Dwight from The Office. Do you like The Office? Yeah, dude, it's a funny show. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I've you know I watched a lot over the years, and it's you know he became iconic you know, would becoming Dwight. And this was three years before that. And yeah, you know, uh, Rain Wilson didn't do a five whole, years, five years. Yeah. Well, they oh, it was 2000 filmed in 2000. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, 
I think the only thing I really remember him in before that was Galaxy Quest, right? That's right. He does have a quick role in that. And Almost Famous. Yeah, Almost Famous as well. Yeah, he's yeah. like uh, the Rolling Stone editor's assistant or something. Right. You only see him for a split second. Right. So they get to the gas station, and uh, Chris Hardwick runs out. And he's like, holy shit, this place is boss. How boss? So boss. <laughs> like get the girls out, wake the girls up and get the camera boss? Hell yeah. So I listened to the, uh, I watched the whole movie with Rob Zombie's commentary a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he threw that line in there, this place is boss, as a nod to Stand By Me, Jerry O'Connell's character. He's like, you guys, this is so boss. Yeah. Do I, you I like mean, Stand By Me? I love that movie. God. I love Stand By Me. We should cover that one. Yeah. VH Snacking. Oh, that's that's <laughs> definitely a VH Snacking with the classics, dude. Yeah, I mean it's it's probably my favorite coming of age film ever. I know it's such a, a pat it's such a pat answer, but like it really is just a, a oh yeah a wonderful film. Yeah, yeah. Chris Hardwick. Uh, well, I guess we'll call him Jerry. Is that it? yeah, Jerry? Jerry. I feel like it would be easier to just I like the way he said that. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. He wakes up Denise and Mary from the back seat. Bill, Rain Wilson, asks Captain Spaulding how long he's been running the place. How long's a piece of string? Now, technically, he says, I took over the place after the Duke nabbed the Oscar. Now, John Wayne won the Oscar for True Grit, which came out in 1970. So, seven to seven and a half years. Yeah. He's been okay. running the place. Yeah. I mean, that's not that long, but okay. So he took over for his grandpa or his, his, his Yeah, dad? he mentioned like, well, I took over the place from my pa or something. Sid Haig shows off his uh, sick John Wayne tattoo that has a TM next to the Duke. Did you catch that? <laughs> I did not catch that, actually. <laughs> next time you watch it, there's a tiny TM next to the words the Duke. It's funny. Oh, I guess good. they had to put that in there. I mean, there's so many like small, clever little things in this movie. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I guess legally they had to do that. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Hmm. So Bill says he's writing a book about roadside attractions, the shit you see when you're driving across the country, but I don't. But if you did, but I don't. Yeah. Now, I like the the tension here, the fake... You know, I guess Spalding's just fucking with him. But I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, kind of buy it, you know? I totally buy it. I mean, he's he is a weirdo, you know? And he's, yeah. he, he's really nailing it. I mean, like, I, I don't I don't think Captain Spalding is fit for, you know, normal human interaction. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's, it's something that he kind of revels in as well, that character. So I dig it. Well, Josh, they got tickets to the murder ride. I love this. The murder ride. Yeah, I want to go on the murder ride. God, yeah. Like, it's really impressive. You know, obviously, they they have a, a large budget, but I mean, like, the, the Albert Fish, you know, recreations and all this other kind of stuff, it, yeah. they look really cool. And Ed you know? Gein, played by Bill Mosley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig all this stuff. Yeah. And I like the, the backstory of Dr. Satan here, you know. I buy it. It's interesting. 
I mean, it's it's definitely like a centerpiece of this scene, right? Is 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 kind of setting up Doctor Satan, and I think his uh, monologue in this is just so good, like his cadence and like the way he enunciates everything mm-hmm. and ever been discovered. <laughs> like it's it's just really good. But the next day, his body was found to be missing, mm-hmm. and that old tree's no. No more than a stone throw away from where y'all asses are seated today. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he lives next door to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Satan! And Rob Zombie said on the commentary, I'm surprised there isn't a metal band called Dr. Satan yet. So we see a quick shot of the Universal Backlot, and we're reminded that it is, in fact, Halloween. Or Halloween Eve, we see like trick or treaters because it falls on a school night, which kind of pins it to be a Sunday, correct? Or Monday through Thursday. Well, wait a minute. If he says they're doing it tonight because Halloween actually falls on a school night, oh, so it makes it, it has to be a Sunday, right? Because the next day would have to be a Monday. I've never thought of that, but I'm gonna say yes. Mm. Yeah, we'll okay. say yes. I thought about that. Yeah. Denise's dad is in the Leave It to Beaver house mm-hmm. because this is the Universal Backlot, and apparently you can see the Monsters' house somewhere in this shot too, which gets a nod later. It does, and also gets a lot of. Uh, I feel like the Grandpa character, which we'll get to, has a lot of the Monsters in him too. You yeah, know? I can see that. Yeah, uh, again, back to like weird non sequiturs. Like I like the old movie clips that mm-hmm. are in between some of these scenes. Your left hand shows your past, and your right hand shows your future. This is from the 1964 episode of The Outer Limits called Demon with a Glass Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guy sounds like uh, Fausto. <laughs> There's a funky karma here, man. And there certainly is. One, one thing that I wanted to mention is um, Sherry Moon is... Apparently, the woman pushing the baby carriage in that scene. Oh, yeah. When they're showing the the trick-or-treating. Yeah. A lot of double duties in this movie. Speaking of, we got Bill Mosley as Lance Brockwell with the 7 o'clock news. Telling uh, about how a group of cheerleaders have gone missing. So, Spalding gives the kids directions. They see baby in the rain. Miss Sherry Moon Zombie. 30-year-old Sherry Moon Zombie. Rob Zombie's girlfriend at the time, now wife. Oh, I know. I'll show you where it's at. They cut in between like these Manson-esque, talking to the camera, like, Mm -hmm. you know. A lot of Manson Manson vibes, Charles Manson, you know, vibes in here. So they shoot out the tire. RJ shoots out the tire with a shotgun. But they don't have a spare because, you know, Jerry forgot to put it back. Technically, I did what you said. (laughs) So, dude, he's such a booger in this movie, dude. Seriously, Chris Hardwick is like, feel so, me, am I made of money? He's so obnoxious. Yeah. And he's the reason they all get into trouble, you know, because everybody's like, we want to go home. Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> so Rain Wilson and Baby walk to her house in the rain. And we get, we meet Otis for the first time, Mr. Bill Mosley. Giving a rambling speech to these cheerleaders tied up. I love all this. Oh, he's he's nailing this character, too. He does such a great job with this character. And I feel like there is a bit of chop top in him. And how could you not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. From TCM2. Yep. My brain is frozen. <laughs> Why? Why, you ask? Why is not the question. How 
Now there's a question worth examining. Damn, that's a really good impression, dude. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I used to know like the whole the whole uh monologue whole bit. Yeah. yeah. But you and your feeble brain minds are <laughs> feasting on the crustaceans on my brain. <laughs> on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, baby and Bill make it inside the house. Meanwhile, RJ scares the shit out of the others in the car with his tow truck that magically appears out of nowhere. So, whatever. It's the fucking tow truck guy. (laughs) Now, one of my critiques, these Denise and Mary, they have one speed, which is... Complaining? Complaining. Yeah. And there's not really... I mean, that's not the actor's fault. It's what they were given, but... I like mean, they could have fleshed out these characters a little bit more. I think they stand as the voice of reason. And they, uh, the one, I think it's Denise. I, I get them mixed up. I'm probably going to mix up. But Chris up. Hardwick's girlfriend, that's, her dad is the cop. So that's the connection too. Okay. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah. Pretty mm. sure. You got to have the marshmallows. That's what, that's makes, what makes it fun. Ooh. And you see that butt. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> She's she is so cool and attractive in this movie. You know, I think it's it's definitely like my favorite era for her. Well, props to Bill because he holds it together. He's like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> and when she takes his glasses, I'm like, and then she wears them for like what seems to be a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He can't see, so yeah, didn't even ask for him back. What a gentleman! Whoop de fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> so the others show up to the house. They, they're asking to use the phone, and Karen Black shows up. I ain't got one. I once had one back in '57, but see, there ain't nobody I really want to jaw flap at no more. I love the word jaw flap. <laughs> jaw flap. I use it still, like in my writing. And you know, oh, do you? I do? Yeah, I love the word jaw flap. Yeah. Baby, go see how RJ's doing over these nice folks' automobile. <laughs> Dude, I love Karen Black in this movie. Yeah, I Karen mean, Black, uh, legend of the. The genre died in 2013, R.I.P. She appeared in like over 50 films and most notably, I guess, from Trilogy of Terror in 1975. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good in this. She's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Like she is, you know, and it's like, I think that Karen Black is beautiful, you know, and I think that yeah. even at that age, even when they like make her all like crazy and trashy and weird, like she's still mm-hmm. like, you know, like an alluring woman. You know what I mean? To me, anyway. For sure. Yeah. She apparently was a Scientologist since, like, 1970. Nobody said she wasn't out there. (laughs) 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 You know, and I think that's part of her lore to me, is that I know that she's, you know, a very uh, individual kind of person. I didn't even know Scientology was around in the 70s. I don't know much about it. I mean, I know what it is. I thought Tom Cruise invented it. Isn't it Elron Hubbard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, I actually did. I went back in time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on the podcast, Tom. Love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny ain't got no car. He ain't even got a bicycle. Yeah. Now we got the supper scene. Gotta have a supper scene. Welcome to supper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think the TCM vibes are really strong here. Oh, yeah. You know? 
so I thought of this today. Apparently, we have a little trend going of like people driving across the country and they get wrangled up with these backwoods crazy family. And there is a connection. I mean, yeah. nothing but trouble is kind of like the PG uh, Texas Chainsaw. I mean, the vibes yeah. are there, and I mean, it, it. I mean, let's let's be fair here. That's one of the greatest horror films ever made. Sure. You know, so I mean, people borrowing from that film makes perfect sense to me all the time. Yeah, and I want to say this, like, for some reason, this kind of drives me nuts, but when people talk about this movie, like, you'll hear some people be like, oh, such a ripoff of Texas Chainsaw. It's like, it borrows a lot of elements, yes, but I think there's plenty of originality here that it stands on its own. I mean... I think Rob Zombie takes those tropes and those those kind of like those horror moves and and he has his own signature aesthetic and he kind of puts that into the blender. Yeah, and I think that's why I like it. You know, mm-hmm. is because I appreciate his artistry. And I mean, I think he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? And I think he's paying uh, paying tribute to all those films consciously. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a this is a kind of a universal storyline. People running across a group of fucked up people and bad things happen and the hills have eyes is the same thing deliverance yeah you know yeah there's there these this trope is everywhere in horror, yeah I'm, I'm sure there's plenty more that we could think of but, but when you put it in uh out of the way farmhouse you know with a bunch of like in texas in the in, 70s yeah with a bunch of weird characters i mean it's obviously yeah influenced yeah which is fine with me mm-hmm you know what the supper scene needed, Josh? Judge A JP pickle shooting train. Judge <laughs> JP Valkenheiser coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> How about a nice glass of Hawaiian punch? <laughs> in, in our like weird, mixed up like movie dreams, like these two things become one. Oh my god, I I was thinking of this earlier while I was doing a massage. Actually, that's how my brain works. I'm like, can if I could just snap my fingers and have a movie made that mingled nothing but trouble and house of a thousand corpses into one. I would love to see that movie. Like Eldona would show up and you know, Bobo you can do some fan fiction, dude. Bobo and Lil devil. Yeah. And, and tiny. And yeah. they're all like wrestlers in some kind of weird thing or something. Oh my God. Somebody make that happen. Yeah. Fan fiction. Please. If you do a fanfic, please let us know. Yeah, please. Tiny shows up mm-hmm. played by Matthew McGrory. Seven foot six mm-hmm. had a 29 and a half shoe. That's fucking big. I mean, that is a two foot foot. Yeah. Bigger than. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. Mother Firefly gives Tiny's backstory and. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, he's a real lady killer. <laughs> 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 and uh, apparently. Rufus just up and went deviled on us one night and tried to burn the place down and burn Tiny in the process. So that's why he's all disfigured and wears the mask. He gets shy. (laughs) Especially around girls. (laughs) (laughs) Cut two. Got some Ramones playing. Oh, the kids will slip some good. I thought that was an interesting song choice there, honestly, on the rewatch. It works. It works, though. Dig it. Yeah. You like Ramones? Love Ramones. I like Ramones, but I never actively seek them out. I'm never like, I should play some Ramones right now. I pop them on still. Okay. For sure. 
Good call. So, baby has some dead cheerleaders in the bedroom. <laughs> you ain't done fuck all since you got here, but cheer me up. <laughs> Give me a B. Give me an A. Now, she plays this role perfectly, I think. Sherry Moon is not going to win any Oscars for dramatic acting. No, but she plays this character very well. Well, she I didn't think. have a lot of acting experience. Yeah, none at all. So. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, for her to come on out of nowhere just because Rob wanted her to do it mm-hmm. and to get up to snuff and create this very, I wouldn't say iconic, but very memorable, solid character in a very iconic early 2000s film, like, yeah. that's a feat. You know what I mean? And I don't think she really rides on her 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 looks or anything like that you know mm-hmm. and i think that she really does establish a really cool character you know so yeah she does a great job considering all yeah and i mean anybody that's has been listening to this podcast for a while knows that i fucking hate rob zombies halloween right and sherry moon should not have been the lead actress in that she just can't carry that type of a role she doesn't do bad but yeah, whatever. But mm-hmm. don't want to take away from this performance because she does great. She does. Yeah. I agree. I love the uh, the mask touch at dinner. Like they all have to wear mask. That feels Twilight Zone ish to me. She ain't gonna let us eat nothing unless we're wearing this damn thing. <laughs> I love how hungry Grandpa is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, go get home. Grandpa. <laughs> then Otis shows up. I know about what you want to know all about, and he brought Little Wolf. The fetus in the jar. When she starts kissing the fetus in the jar, that's when it's like, like what the fuck gets turned up to like 25. Yeah. That's like when they bring out the hot dogs and nothing but trouble. Man, you're bringing so many like relevant parallels here. (laughs) Fix yourself up a couple dogs. (laughs) Kiss the baby jar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pass that jar around. Give it a kiss. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's good. That old bitch hog don't know shit. I'd bet you stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. That's one of my favorite lines in the entire um, film. Yeah, he has some good lines. Well, dinner is over, and it's showtime. Grandpa's, you know, he's a he's a fan of uh, eating eating pussy. He just wants to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, my favorite is when the he does the <laughs> Sam Kinison thing where he's just like rah, rah, and just screams and I'm talking jam your face in it. Yeah. And of course, obnoxious Chris, uh, what's his name? Jerry. Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Chris Hardwick. Jerry loves it. Everybody else is just like, what are, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And I like baby's performance. You know. Mesmerizing. Yeah. That's I good. mean, everybody's enjoying it and uh, not everybody. Except the, 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 the girls don't like it. Get off him, you stupid fucking slut. Yeah. And baby pulls a knife and threatens to cut her tits off. Yeah, which she later will, kind of. Wow, true yeah. that. True that, true that. Then RJ busts in. He's like, yo, the car's done. They're like, all right, well, let's get out of here. So they peel out. Then Bill has to get out to open the gates. Now, I do, I really like this scene of Otis and Tiny coming mm-hmm. down off the scarecrows. Otis jumps on the hood and gives us a Michael Jackson scream in the rain. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny drags the girls out of the back seat. And yeah, next day it is Halloween daylight. Denise's dad calls the local sheriff about them not showing up. 
And Denise, I think, I get the, one of the girls wakes up screaming. Otis is like, shut your mouth. I said, shut your fucking mouth. It's Mary, right? Because that is okay. uh, Bill's girlfriend, right? Because she's asking to see Bill. Yeah, that's right. Where's Bill? I like this whole monologue here, or whatever you call it. He's like, listen, you Malibu Barbie middle class piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You ever work? According to Rob Zombie, that line, I ain't talking about Mickey White Sox with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck on the other. Apparently, Rob Zombie's gym coach used to say that. Okay. To them. Okay. And that just stuck with them. So he put it in there. Works well there. Works well. Otis tells Denise that Bill helped him with his writer's block. Total block. Total block. What are some lunch meat tips for writer's block? When I have writer's block, I read aloud and see if it flows really well. And sometimes I'll just write, I'll write whatever comes to mind because getting something down is better than nothing. Okay. And I think the symptoms of writer's block is that you can't get anything down. So what I would do is I, I just keep writing. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and keep pushing. And um, Do you, you ever know. use a tape recorder? I have in the past. Like if, yeah. if, if I'm or driving. Or I guess use your phone. You know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I used to use a tape recorder. You know, I had a, I had a mini little recorder for a little while in, mm-hmm. in the uh, mid 2000s. But yeah, totally. I mean, if I have an idea and um, I can't write it, I'll, I'll just like speak, in, speak into it and make a voice memo for sure. Cool. Yeah. cool. Sometimes you just got to get stuff down. Well, hey, man, if you if you ever need some fresh eyes on something, send it my way. I'll okay. give, I'll give I'll it keep a look. that in mind. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you hear that, Otis? You, uh, you know, well, whatever works for Otis, he turns Bill into Fish Boy. Fish Boy! Merman. <laughs> I remember when I, I remember seeing this scene uh, when I first saw the film and I thought it was just so cool. I was like, oh, man, that makeup is awesome. Yeah, Love it that. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Toth was the makeup effects guy on that. Shout out to him. Then uh, cut to Bill's death scene. They're playing Brick House while Otis is slicing him with a knife and Baby's dancing. There's something really fucked up about this scene. I don't know. Like, if I were to get tied up and tortured, which I hope I don't, I'd be so pissed if somebody was like dancing to Brick House. I'd be like, come on, guys, really? Well, that's that juxtaposition of like a song that ha- that is not scary. You yeah. know what I mean? And that is like so like party. You yeah. know what I mean? And like I think he does that really well. Yeah, that's why um, it's so fucked up. Then he chops his arm off and like rubs it in his face. Which is comical, <laughs> right? Like it's almost funny, but the way they cut it and like even I wanted to say for Rain Wilson in this scene, he's obviously in extreme distress you know like yeah. tortured about to die obviously about about to perish yeah and the way his jaw his face is set like his chin is buried in his chest mm-hmm. it's like really funny looking but it's yeah. also believable of like just complete terror you know what i mean so it rides the in-between of that yeah yeah I so it's interesting yeah i had that same thought i was like is this a good reaction i guess it's the correct one but it works i guess well i mean his character is a little nerdy by nature and i think like it's it just it it's very fitting and it's interesting to see him have that kind of physical comedy mm-hmm. even when it wasn't necessarily part of the role but like he uses that his faces his face like his yeah he uses it a lot in his future career so it's just interesting to see yeah yeah right on so now we meet 
Tom Towles and Walton motherfucking Goggins, the two cops. <laughs> I love Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's he's so such a hard ass in this movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen here, clown ass. We need love life. <laughs> Get off the damn car. Yeah, it's like your living room, damn grease yeah. monkey. <laughs> He's he is he is a pistol in this one man, for sure. Yeah. Total pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Vice Principles? No, I haven't. Oh my god, dude. I watched the series I watched it twice and I'm dying to rewatch it again for a third time. It is so funny. We I mean, need to uh, hang out and watch it then. Absolutely. Cool. It's on HBO. I don't think I we'll watch it somehow. Sounds I mean, great. It's amazing. And cool. he is so funny in that. So they, uh, and Tom Towles, uh, also a legend of the genre, who has since passed. By the way, pretty much like 80% of this cast is dead. I mean, a lot of people. It's a shame. Yeah. Tom Towles, I know him best from the Night of the Living Dead remake, mm-hmm. which I really love that movie. That's like one of my favorite horror movies ever. Can I mention something here? Because sure. I feel like I remember being younger and not really knowing who you know these people were as much mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i wasn't super deep in, in all the knowledge and everything and when they have that face-to-face tom towels and and uh sid haig yeah in the beginning when you're talking when, they, when he meets him in the, in the actual museum yeah and they're like face-to-face it almost looks like a trick shot because they are very similar looking yeah. people you know what I mean? Like, is this a person wearing makeup? Like, it's just an interesting thing. And I wonder if they did that on purpose or not. Or but Yeah, they definitely look like they could be brothers. For sure. They're very similar looking. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. They asked Spalding about the missing girl. Spalding and the officer start throwing shade at each other. They don't get all true grit on my ass. He likes the women with a little more pushing. Cushion for the pushing. <laughs> yeah he does that snort he's like yeah. <laughs> listen cloud ass we ain't interested in love life <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh man yeah their comedic tag team is very good because you know he's uh you know tom towels is like no bs and the other guy is just like even more no bs but super funny about it and this is black and white transition scene here about the skunk ape molesting this farmer's wife is Really, it's hilarious and quite bizarre. Yeah, well, I want to. I wanted to read in to see who that character was playing playing the husband. Apparently, in the uh, alternate version of this movie, which is yet to be released, but I would love to see it. This character is expanded upon further. So, yeah, because it doesn't have any other correlation or connection in the film for the skunk ape. Only right? to serve. Apparently, yeah. So apparently, the skunk ape had more of a was more fleshed out i don't know yeah but as it is it's like what the fuck it's a cool but, scene yeah and you get a decent jump scare you see like dr satan's tombstone and uh mary wakes up tied to the bed in tiny's room he offers her some agatha crispies get it get like, it get it nice wordplay what's your favorite cereal of all time dude sure all time Golden Graham's classic recipe. Really? They recently brought it back and hot <laughs> damn. Hot diggity damn. I mean, it's Golden Graham's for me. I was always about that uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, that's, a, that's a top contender. That is such a delicious cereal, my it friend. Is. Or yeah. I like Captain Crunch too. No, man. 
Because sometimes I like just having the roof of my mouth destroyed. I mean, that's the next thing. It, it's I wonder what people at Cap'n Crunch think. You know, it's because it is delicious. It tastes good. It's got great crunch factor. It's Cap'n Crunch. <laughs> but it does just like absolutely obliterate your mouth. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so Cap'n Crunch is good. Okay. Well, Chris Hardwick plays his own game of singled out oh. <laughs> with Baby. Oh. Oh, what a oh. knee slapper. Oh, wowzers. I wonder wowzers. if that was a, a nod to that. Interesting. No, definitely not. Okay. Hey, poopy pants, what's new? I love poopy pants. Yeah. Poopy <laughs> pants needs to be employed more when you're speaking to people, like, playfully. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, poopy pants. You know, I mean, Ace Ventura did it, too, but. Did he? Didn't he call, like, poopy, he calls somebody poopy pants. Poopy pants? I'm pretty sure. Or it's a Jim Carrey character. I don't know. It's, okay. You know, I can't nail it right now, but. So, yeah, baby asked. Chris Hardwick, who her favorite actress is, it's, he gets it wrong, and she presumably scalps him. No, she definitely scalps him. Oh. She's, <laughs> because he's pull. she can see how she's pulling his scalp down. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty gnarly. Yeah, super gnar. So the cops find one of the dead cheerleaders inside the trunk of a car. Don't just stand there like some prized dog dick. Open the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what a line. Dog Where does that even dick. come from? You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, Otis and Grandpa are watching TV while Jerry is tied to the wall. This is this is when the family kind of starts to grow on you. It's like, I like these guys. Put me behind that bitch. I'll show you driving. <laughs> <laughs> and what are they watching? The Monsters. Yeah, man. You want to hear a fun little fact? Of course. At OzFest 99, before Rob Zombie went into Dragula, he played the same clip. It was pretty sick. It's pretty cool. Yes. God, that was a good show. Way to get more mileage out of your work. It's excellent. Yeah, for sure. Do you like the monsters? I do. Yeah, dude. I think I prefer the monsters over the over Adam's Family. Same. The, the first couple seasons of the Adam's Family start slow, but then it kind of picks up. The original Adams Family, I think it gets better as it goes along. You know what? I've never seen an episode of the Adams Family TV show. It's good. Like I said, the first couple seasons, pretty good. And then mm-hmm. I think it picks up steam as it goes. But I think the Monsters is great all the way through. When was the Monsters? That was like, was it the 60s or 50s? Man, you're quizzing me. Ah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. I think it's like 65. Uh, that's what I was about 67. to say. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I love Walton Goggins' little hard-ass cop routine. Get off the goddamn car. This ain't your living room. <laughs> goddamn grease monkey. Goddamn grease monkey. That's my favorite line from him. Yeah. So the cops meet with uh, Denise's father. Yeah, and there's that little moment where he's like, well, I just hope he doesn't get my way is all I'm saying. And, and Tom Towles kind of looks at him like, you know. You're not that good of a cop. Just stop. Yeah. He's like, yeah. easy, rookie. Yeah. And old Matt Damon from Saving Private Ryan shows up to help look for her. What? Yeah. In Saving Private Ryan, when there's like that transformation from Matt Damon to like as an old dude, it's this guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Must have been around the same time. 98. Well, this would have been after that. Isn't he wearing like the same outfit or something? I think so. Yeah, I did read that. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan forever. Well, the cops show up to the house. Walton Goggins and the dad go around the side of the house. The room is full of shoes and chickens. Very, this is an obvious Texas Chainsaw nod. Super obvious. Even the sound design. 
Yeah, true. And they open another door to find a room full of bats. Who knew? I'm <laughs> oh, no way. No way. He's like, hey, easy with the nothing but trouble references. I mean, it's. If it I mean, I feel sense. like they could have. You think these sons of bitches have a yard sale or something? <laughs> yeah, goddamn. I'll just pack rats, throw anything away. <laughs> think these sons of bitches have a yard sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is just a. a, a he's a. He's. He's, he's a like such. Minute. Just like a chest beating hard ass, you know? Yeah, he's just so. He's. He does the, he does a great job with this role. Oh yeah. yeah. And Mother Firefly invites uh Officer Wydell inside. Well, I guess I can trust you. Being a man of the law. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Goggins and the dad find a shack full of bodies. And uh Oh dude, you skipped over one of my favorite parts. What's up? It's with the dog. Oh, he's, he, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, my, my ex girlfriend's cocker spaniel oh. almost bit off my pinky toe. Yeah, I bit my cocker spaniel when I was eight years old. <laughs> like, he's such a hard ass. And yeah. then he gets not even like attacked yeah. by a dog, but just like barked at by a yeah. dog. And he like totally loses his shit. So, yeah. I gotta say, man, upon rewatch, this whole section with uh, maybe it's because I'm such a fan of Walton Goggins now, but I found this to be the. This is the most normal part of the movie. Like them talking to Spalding and... Well, it's very procedural, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's classic. Procedural. Yeah, and I, I found myself enjoying this chunk of the movie probably the most out of just about any other part. Yeah. Especially the sequence that happens. Like they open the, the shed, find all the bodies, and then it goes into slow-mo as... I Remember You by mm. Slim Whitman plays. Another juxtaposition of a kind of out-of-place song, you know? Yeah. yeah which I, he does very well. I love all this. Otis shoots the dad and walks up on the rookie, presumably telling him to drop his weapons and get on his knees. I love this whole sequence. I timed it last night. Yeah, this is interesting. I'd like to know. From the time he sticks the gun to his head, it is a full 30 seconds before he pulls the trigger yeah and i do remember it's a very memorable scene right because i remember when you see it because it's so different yeah because it's, it's very creative i don't think it's been done since or before this and it's hard to read when you watch it it's hard to put it in perspective because i know that it was shocking and brutal and hard when you first saw it because you're just waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. and there's all this tension building and mm -hmm. like we know that what's going to happen right mm -hmm. but it's like how like freshly when you watch that that is a very unsettling moment. And even when it happens, it still feels really brutal. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. Well said. I mean, he shoots him, his arms fall down, slumps over and the birds fly away. Like it's just really well done. Mm -hmm. And then we hear red hot pussy liquors starts to play. <laughs> Baby goes inside the liquor store. G over goober <laughs> yeah where's I, the red hot pussy liquors t-shirt did that ever oh, come out I, I think so and probably a hat or something they probably merchandised it somehow yeah sorry you know me on merchandising brain so. <laughs> actually it's g over for jerry over but the new guy drew the extra oh fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> cool story goober <laughs> keep the change goober buy yourself a new name hot dog i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Oh man, I wanted to, I meant to do this, but they buy a lot of booze, right? And this is, you said 77 mm -hmm. and it was 187.50. 
Oh wow! I wonder what that comes to in in today's dollars. Worth Probably of like five hundred bucks a booze or yeah, something. I lot. could be way off. I don't know. It's a lot. It's, a, it's just saying it's a lot. They're of getting booze. fucked up. Yeah. Well, speaking of it, I mean, it's kind of funny. They're like all just passing around liquor bottles and getting hammered. Sure, There's blood and liquor everywhere. RJ's chanting Otis, Otis. <laughs> <laughs> is that his well you know yeah, he's like two other lines cars ready and cars done and otis 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 is that it i think so interesting yeah this guy was replaced in the devil's rejects by tyler main who would go on to play michael myers and rob zombies halloween mm. And it's a shame that they couldn't negotiate with Karen Black to come back for the Devil's Rejects. Apparently, she, yeah. there was some disputes, and uh, another lady got casted. So, yeah, I probably just couldn't pay her enough. Yeah, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all pretty funny here. Yeah, Otis wearing. Well, it's pretty fucked up, but Otis is wearing her dad's chest, arms, and face skin mask. Mm-hmm. My favorite is that you can see the bullet holes in his chest. Even. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look closely, oh. he's wearing the chest and it's sewn up, but you can see the bullet holes in it. I think I it's pretty cool. I did not notice that. Yeah. It's all true. The boogeyman is real, and you found him. This is when... Okay. From this moment forward, I think it it starts to... If we're looking at a graph, there's a gradual decline, I think, from this moment forward. So they all lead Jerry, Denise, and the other girl, Mary, out to a field and make them get into a coffin. It does lose a lot of steam here to me for some reason. But I do love this line because I got Bill Mosley to do my little autograph with the same thing. It says, to Phil, get your shit in the box. Which he tells Jerry to do. Yeah. When I asked him, like, he was like, what do you want me to have it say? He was like, how about there's no ice cream in your fucking future? I was like, can you make it say, get your shit in the box? He was like, oh, nobody's asked me to do that one before. That's cool. Cool. So it's one of my prized autographs. Innovator you are. (laughs) It's a very subtle line. He's like, shut your mouth and get your shit in the box. So one of them breaks free, makes a run for it. By the way, they're all wearing bunny suits. But baby chases her down and stabs her. Cuts her fucking tits off. Yeah, yeah. when she's delivering those lines, there it's a little little clumsy for me when she's when she's repeat like a the nursery rhyme kind of sing-songy thing. Yeah, it and, just uh, feels like it doesn't finish right and then then she licks the blade and it's like it it just doesn't feel quite right to me. I picked up on that <clears throat> upon rewatch as well. Feels a little janky. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they lower the other two down while a recording of an Aleister Crowley poem, The Poet, is playing. The bury me in a nameless grave. Mm-hmm. They lower down and the zombie mud people tear the caskets apart. So what is? do you have a theory for the zombie mud Who people? Who these people are? Mm-hmm. So, I think during the murder ride, didn't Spalding say something about Dr. Satan wanted to create like an army of superhumans or something? Right. And that's what I believe, too, that these are the the experiments that, you know, are still going on. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, the rest of the family is going to burn Denise's body. Homegirl's walking down the hallway of a thousand corpses. Well, before that, like the she runs in like a kind of homeless looking dude and they tear the bunny suit off of her. I'm trying to understand what that was. And I think it's... Yeah, I'll tell you what it was. Oh. This was Rob Zombie's first time directing a movie. I think that's what it was. There has to be a reason they take the, the bunny suit off because the one guy's wearing a bunny suit. So are they just mm-hmm. like trying to help her by like not making her look like a rabbit? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But a lot of this stuff just, it feels like Rob Zombie didn't know how to finish the movie. I feel like there's there's a much better last however long this is. I bet he would love to get another pass at it. I mean, you know, I know that Rob Zombie is is probably not a big fan of this film. You know, and I think that he says he sees tons of flaws in this movie. And I, from what I gathered, he he's like not crazy about House of a Thousand Corpses. So, uh, yeah. I get, well, did should, you read something else? Did you read different opinions? You should say the same about Halloween. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, I didn't read anything, but I yeah. I read that same thing that he's not crazy about it. He sees a lot of problems and. Okay, well, this is a problem. Uh, she eventually runs into Dr. Satan. And this character is so scary, dude. Yeah, it, it he looks cool. I mean, he looks that. awesome. And he's speaking German? Something. It's all muffled because he's got the, the breather on. Yeah. And then RJ, the gas mask dude, shows up. A chase ensues. And- yeah, I mean, so he's like a super, like, bio creature, right? Yeah. And, you know, when he pulls, I, I, it's been a while, but like when he pulls his mask off and it's like not a real mouth, it looks like a, like a butthole and, and like, and like all this like gross green shit falls out of it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. like that, that sound design is really disturbing. It and, is. And, and yeah. it kind of reminds me of House by the Cemetery a little bit. I don't know if that's just me, but. Never seen it. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but. Hmm. Um, it's a uh, that character feels very comic booky cartoonish to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, speaking of, he takes a swing at Mary and super shredders himself. That is the same super shredder death, and it is just as lame, <laughs> dude. It is just as lame. Like, come on, dude. I I honestly said out loud, even while rewatching it last night, what are you swinging at, dude? <laughs> like, it's just and. It just feels like, how else are you going to get it to cave in? And I'm like, yeah. Could she have went up and kicked him in the knee and like beat him up a little bit and then taken mm-hmm. and then taken the, the axe and did it to him? Maybe. I think that could have been a little cooler. But I mean, the swing is just so bad. Yeah. And the, the editing is a bit much. Like while he's swinging, there's like a hundred mm-hmm. different little cuts. and Yeah. 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 I just. I guess he had to show Dr. Satan because there was like this kind of the reason they went out there. So I, I guess he felt compelled. Well, I gotta, gotta show Dr. Satan now, but I feel like maybe he didn't have to. I'm glad he did. I love those Dr. Satan scenes. I think yeah. he is so creepy and cool and definitely creepy. It's one of my favorite scenes as far as like, um, character and set, you know, kind of, congealing together and it just looks really awesome to me i love it the super shredder guy 
I don't know. I, I don't think that should have been there. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't have to. Come it just up doesn't with the do that well, you know. And I understand. Yeah. And it, it's like I understand what he was going for, and I just don't think that it got there. You know, I think mm-hmm. the reason that we talk about the ending being a little not not as great is because it loses pace, and the characters aren't as uh, you know as cool or as as riveting. You know <clears throat> what I mean? So I think captivating is the word you, I'm looking for. Yeah, you could have still shown Doctor Satan. But it needs a tie-in with uh, Baby and Otis, I think. Like, they need to come back, and there needs to be something with them, maybe? Well, they're they're giving Dr. Satan something. They're giving him an offering of people, right, that he can work on? Uh, essentially, because yeah, yeah. they, they assume that once they're down in the lair, mm-hmm. they're dead. Right. And they're getting rid of their evidence and giving Dr. Satan some playthings. Okay. So I think that's the connection. All right. Well, she crawls out of the rubble and out into the daylight. Really cool seeing her hand coming up. Yeah, and I like the uh, little sound effect they put to it. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, almost like a sci-fi sound. Mm-hmm. And Spalding picks her up. Sweet baby Jesus, what the hell happened to you? Another huge TCM nod here. It feels very, like when she's walking down, when Sally's walking down the road. Oh, yeah. Very, very similar, you feel. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Otis pops up out of the back seat, raises the knife in slow-mo, presumably stabs her, and she wakes up screaming with Dr. Satan over her, and credits. The Sa- end. It says the end. Very Question properly. mark. Oh, yeah. Question mark. Forgot about that. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. So, Yep. And I mean, I think the ending is my least favorite part of the film but overall i think this film is a lot of fun like i said it is a pastiche i think it knows exactly what it wanted to do Mm -hmm. rob knows what he wanted to do rob zombie and i think a lot of it succeeds i think a lot of it holds up really well i think that the art design and the set design and the characters for the most part are really cool but i mean it has its flaws yeah but i still love it yeah and look, give it major props for for him making this in 2000. Like the state of the horror genre was just not this. Mm-mm. I mean, this is pretty extreme for the time, which I guess is why Universal didn't want to release it. But um, yeah, I'm right there with you. It has its flaws. The last... 10 minutes really drops off for me. I find myself like, you know, losing interest. The colors completely change too. And I think we should notice that in the last 10 minutes, like the, the color palette changes a lot because it goes from like these in the beginning, it's like neon bright reds, bright oranges, a lot of candlelit stuff. Uh-huh. And then when you get to the last part, it's a lot of like blues and grays and cause they're outside in the dark. You know what I mean? And even when she's in the house of, of that or the hall of a thousand corpses, like it's yeah. all grays and blues and tonally it changes. So good point. Yeah. I do appreciate how some scenes in the movie are filmed with like a red filter and a blue mm-hmm. and they kind of switch back and forth. It gives mm-hmm. it like a, this movie has like a, a psychedelic feel to it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he, he has a total psychedelic feel to a lot of his stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's a shame that he kind of abandons this 
type of filmmaking for the most part in the devil's rejects well well what do you think of devil's rejects i think it's okay you don't like it as much as house i'd have to watch it again honestly but i remember liking it Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna say it's okay you know i can't go full you know full stop i like it i think i'd have to revisit it you know i haven't seen it in many years but i remember i remember one of the reasons I love House of a Thousand Corpses so much is the way it is, like the aesthetics and all this kind of stuff. And I yeah. remember Devil's Rejects being far more like a Saul movie, like gritty, you know what I mean? In that sense, like um, that feel. Yeah, definitely gritty. Uh, it's way better than the Saul movies. That's one franchise. Yeah, I you just, don't like Saul. I just don't yeah. give a fuck about. Um, there's a new but you one. You don't talk about like that kind of gritty, like black and red blood kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get grimy. that. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Devil's Rejects. Both movies complement each other well. I should give that one a rewatch. I will. Yeah, especially now that you know, back in the headspace. What do you give this on a ten point scale? Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses on a ten point scale. A thousand. Would, yeah. <laughs> I hope somebody like comments or writes us and like says something different or has the actual history. But I say a thousand. I would say <laughs> scale from one to ten. House of a Thousand Corpses. I give it a six. Three. Oh wow lower than i expected yeah i think it's like a six three okay i'm gonna go uh for me personally i'm gonna give it a solid eight damn that's really high dude so a lot of okay i have a lot of nostalgia for this movie sure yeah. i mean i was you know my formative years being a 15 year old metalhead that mm-hmm. loved horror and white zombie and all that growing up this movie was like felt like it was made for me and i had this on dvd and i watched the shit out of it i mean i've seen this movie a lot like mm-hmm. at least i don't know a lot of times 50 times and i i usually watch it about once a year i think it's gonna start being like a, a yearly halloween watch i could incorporate it for sure because it's a cool vibe you know what i mean and, you know you can even like mute it throw on some music and just have it playing and yeah. it works visually very well. You know, I will say, you know, to your point, I think if you were going to ask 18 or 19 year old me, what do you think of House of a Thousand Corpses? I probably would have given it an eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think looking back on it and seeing now, I, yeah, I mean, what from a technical standpoint, I yeah, would give it a lower. All things considered. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that you like a six, three, six, five, somewhere yeah. around there. Rob Zombie is a better visual storyteller. He's not that great at story. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever see 31? No, man. It's not. I that never good. watched it, dude. Yeah, it's not that good. That's the one that had the clown for the one sheet. Yes. Actually, he does a, an amazing job in the movie, Richard Brake. Um, but the movie itself is him trying to capture the spirit of devil's rejects and a little bit of house of a thousand corpses and it just doesn't work i mean Mm. i I, the general consensus is not good for that movie gotcha Um, gotcha but yeah i would love to see rob zombie return to this style just like go full-on super detailed throw everything but the kitchen sink at the movie like dress the setup like as crazy and as detailed as he possibly can because that's what he's good at that's uh what i think of when i think of rob zombie 
You know? I mean, he is a master of that kind of creativity and, and those kind of aesthetics. And I think that he's just a really talented dude with good taste for that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. he, he's a very, very keen on that kind of things. Those kind yeah. of things. I see a lot of people hate on Rob Zombie's films, right? Mm-hmm. I see it a lot. And then I see people who I'm surprised are like, no, I love those movies. You know, and I think it's it's I think it's going to be more of a topic of conversation when I get to know people about what kind of horror movies they like. I think especially if they're in our age bracket, like what mm-hmm. do you think of House of a Thousand? Like and it's either going to be like oh, I haven't watched in a while or like, you know, I think it's I think it was a really formative movie for me looking back. Yeah. You know, 18 or 19 and like how it kind of it was a modern day horror movie because I was, you know, always into the eighties and the nineties and the mm-hmm. weird seventies stuff. But I think it is a very and this important is the movie, movie from, from that era. Yeah, yeah. And this is the movie that kids like us wanted, but nobody was putting out. Right. Because there was a lot of obviously pushback. Yeah. I mean, know? this was like the height of, well, the tell end of like urban legend and the sexy teen horror all that kind of and shit. i mean it was greasy kind of sleazy violent you know and it, yeah. it was a lot of fun it felt like a it felt it like very a fresh. genuine exploitation movie yeah you know what i mean so yeah it was very fresh at the time and i loved it i still appreciate the hell out of it is it perfect no but i still enjoy it very much and um a lot of people hate this movie they do mm-hmm. and i look I I truly hate his Halloween. I really do. Right. So, and I like Rob Zombie as a person. I just, I mean, I fucking hate that movie. I mean, that's dangerous ground, and he had to know going into it that if you're gonna mess with a with a franchise like that, that you're gonna have people that are gonna be like, no, you did not do this right because people have expectations, and they and you know you have to well, meet expectations. And he's just not a good. He's not storytelling is not his strong suit, like writing a script with normal sounding dialogue like you need that for a Halloween movie. Him re remaking Texas Chainsaw. He would have been perfect for that, but it just wasn't a strong suit. Whatever. I've I've let it go. (laughs) But um, I mean, you know what? But you have to admit that he is absolutely brilliant in the audiovisual realm. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And you can't do it all. Yeah. You know, and I think going from, you know, underground musician to, uh, you know, prominent influential musician to prominent influential filmmaker, like you got to respect it. But yeah, I mean, I get your argument too. You know, sometimes you you just get your hands too full, you know, with something. And that's, yeah. like I said, it's such a big thing to mess with halloween it is you know that movie is sacred for a lot of people absolutely me included but uh yeah whatever thanks for coming on man always a pleasure man i hope to come back soon hey maybe we'll do uh devil's rejects you never know hey if you know people want to hear about it and people want to explore that one too i'm totally down okay we should do a watch along together okay yeah those are just... you mentioned one in a last episode that we should watch along. I can't remember what it was. Though. What on the Nothing But Trouble episode or your new podcast that's coming out? I am not sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to the basics. We should do a watch along very soon. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Sounds good to me, man. Groovy, buddy. All right. Um, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure to have you. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. If you got a minute, maybe leave five stars on iTunes. That helps out a lot. Be sure to check out Josh lunch meat VHS on Instagram and lunchmeatvhs.com for all that sweet VH swag. Hell yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. See ya dudes.